you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 23. So the big question is this, how do parents like us know that we aren't messing up the biggest role of our lives, especially when we happen to have a strong-willed child that's constantly pushing our buttons? We've all heard that kids don't come with a manual, so how can we know for sure that we're saying the right things or that we're getting this parenting thing right? Well, on this podcast for parents of toddlers to teens, we'll be giving you real tools you can use right away so that your kids will feel like they can talk to you about absolutely anything and everything. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. Well, hi, guys. Welcome to today's podcast. I have a special episode for you. I was thinking about what I wanted to record for you guys, and I was thinking about all the different tools that I teach and um, and just all the different aspects of what it's like to be in the mastermind parenting movement and um, you know and just kind of like what everyone is learning that's in my tribe. And when I was thinking about my favorite tools, it was really hard to break it down. But if I have to go back to over the years, what have been the most impactful tools for me, I wanted to share with you. Um, Number one, very early on, I learned to start seeing my kids' perspectives, which that may sound kind of esoteric um, and fluffy, But I just didn't come from, I came from a family where it was like when a kid was acting out, they were just considered bratty. And, uh, and so there was, you know, you never, you never were going to try and look at it from the kid's perspective. It was just like parents are in charge and when kids act out, they're just acting like little brats. And there was always, you know, like whispering going on like, ugh, what's going on with those parents? Um, So the kid's behavior reflected on the parents and kids that were, you know, out in public and didn't have good manners or were talking back. Uh, it was, you know, it was just kind of this thing that was like, yeah, what kind of parents are those? And so it was just never even on my radar to look at things from the kid's perspective. So when I became a mom and I learned to, you know, that kids do well if they can. So a kid that's acting out, really they're just acting out the way they feel on the inside and they don't know any other way to process the way they feel on the inside so rather than teaching them through overpowering 
to just hold it in and bottle it up and suck it up and 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 you know create kind of all this deep buried stuff and muck they're going to have to sift through and deal with at some point in their life or numb out and find some addictive behavior to feel better from because that's what happens when we bury big emotions um when you know i really looked at it and i'm like huh kids act the way they feel on the inside so if they're feeling badly that's that's why they're acting the way they're acting maybe i need to not just put a band-aid on it or try to squash the behavior maybe I could actually get underneath the behavior and really understand what it is and help my kids to process these big emotions, like things that I really never learned how to do. And so, and it just, and I'm not saying it was my parents' fault. I think it's for most of us, it was just a sign of the times. And, um, and so when I learned to start truly seeing things from my kids' perspectives and understand that when they were, acting a certain way, there was something more to figure out versus just squashing the behavior. And it's kind of like, you know, going to the doctor and the doctor is going to ask questions and get curious and try to get underneath what the symptoms are before the doctor gives you a diagnosis, right? Um, so that was a huge kind of paradigm shift for me was when my kids acted out instead of just trying to squash the behavior and make it reflective of me as a mom or not as a mom, like to truly get underneath it and to try to understand them. That was like major light bulb moment. Um, and then uh, just in terms of a quick tip or tool, I, you know, I always swore I grew up, grew up in a house where there was a lot of tension and eggshells and, and kind of some, you know, anger and rage and I always swore that I wasn't gonna have a home like that and I wasn't gonna yell at my kids and so very early on I learned um, in conscious when I was studying conscious discipline that program that's really meant for teachers was I was learning all about what happens in the brain and why we yell why we lose our cool and it's really because when we yell we get an adrenaline rush and so um, so we have some kind of big emotion in us and we don't know how to cope with it. And when we yell, it actually isn't an immediate coping skill to feel better when you have that triggered sensation. And so I learned to replace when you feel like you want to yell because you're, um, all, you know, when you're, you're all hot and bothered with the trigger, um, all hot and bothered in a bad way, um, to replace it just with a deep breath. And it was before I did yoga, so I didn't really even know how to properly breathe. And when I learned how to do that, like deep, exaggerated, audible breath, and I remember my kids were little bitty, and I would like, <sighs> I would do that. And they started associating that to kind of like a yell. Like when they would hear me do that, they would be like, it was like they would stop in their tracks and they would turn towards me. And it even got to a point when they got a little bit older where they would look at me and they were like, is everything okay? Are you upset? Did I do something? And I was like, no, I was thinking about something else that was stressing me out. Because I, I trained my brain to when I was starting to feel stressed about anything, I would take that deep audible breath. So that deep audible breath, anytime you feel like you want to yell and instead you do that 
deep, exaggerated breath, which may sound kind of like weird and crazy, but I promise you it'll feel so much better for your kids than you actually screaming your head off. Um, that's a game-changing tool, and it's super simple. Um, and then another little teeny tiny trick that I love is um, is when you kind of learn the pack leadership language and you understand, you learn how to, how to speak to firmly, directly, lovingly, you stop with the okays on the end and nothing's in a sing-songy voice when you're giving a command, when it's bath time, whatever, and you're saying things very directly. And when you've set a consequence, right, like, it might be that your kid didn't cooperate and didn't get in the bathtub for a little one and now you know you have a hard stop on bedtimes at 7:45 and 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 it's 7:45 and books haven't happened and they weren't um and they they weren't cooperative and so there's not going to be any books um or if you've got older kids and you had some parameters around video games and you come into the room and there's no timer set and they're just playing video games till their heart's content and you say there's, you know, where's the timer and it didn't happen, whatever. And you have to say, okay, yeah, video games are done for today or bedtime's happening and, you know, we ran out of time for books uh, because we didn't get into the bathtub on time and, and, and so... It's books aren't happening. Remember, 7:45. Your body needs rest. It's time for bed, and um, and so anytime you have to put a hard stop and you have to implement a consequence, one of my favorite tagline to say at the end is, "Yeah, it's you know." So we forgot you forgot about the timer today, or we didn't get it together quick enough for the bath time, and now we've run out of books. And we'll try again tomorrow. That line. We'll try again tomorrow, I think is so helpful because you implement a consequence and you're able to kind of like give a little glimmer of hope at the end. And it's like your way of, of stepping away from like, you know, super authoritarian mom. Well, if you would have gotten in the bath, you would have cooperated, if you would have set your timer, you know the rules, la, 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 la. you know, we like to go into lecture mode. But instead, when we just implement the consequence that we've established ahead of time and we do it in that pack leadership direct way, I think it's so hopeful and loving and inspired to end it with, and we'll try again tomorrow. This is going to make a big impression in your brain. So tomorrow, I have a feeling you're going to remember. We'll try again tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. We'll try again tomorrow. I love that line. So those are some of my favorite tools. And, um, and this might be a little bit of a longer episode because I really wanted to share with you what are some of the favorite tools of the different people um, in my mastermind parenting group, in my mastermind group that's a that's kind of a long-term group. Um, and so I put a little post out in our private Facebook group and I said, hey, does anybody want to chime in on what your favorite tools are and why? And so I had four different, you know, and I said, I'll take the first three people. And I mean, within like minutes, I had four people respond and I couldn't choose those three. So I just said, okay, we're doing all four. Um, so I think it'll be nice to hear from some members of my community and hear about the tools. And everyone chose different tools, which I thought was interesting because there's a lot of different tools. Um, 
but I thought it was interesting how everybody chose different tools. So here we go, and um, and after each one, I will I'll kind of chime in a little bit and and let you know some more thoughts on that. So here we go. First, we are going to hear from Liz. Hi, I'm Liz, and I have two young daughters, ages four and two. <laughs> the force is strong in these girls. They love hard, they play hard, and sometimes they fight hard. <laughs> Randy's taught me so much about managing sibling conflict, when not to intervene, when I should intervene, but most importantly, how to intervene. Both of my girls love to escalate their arguments in just a good old slap fest. Before, I would react by coming in just really hot. I was always leading with a correction and scolding first. And all it did was add to the negative energy and the adrenaline they were pumping into the room. Randy taught me a different tool to lead with empathy and address the victim of the altercation first. It gave that child the comfort and safety she needed in the moment while my other child, whoever the instigator was that time, got a moment to compose herself and process whatever big emotions had provoked her reaction to begin with. Under Randy's guidance, I learned how to, to narrate the situation for them so that each child learned how to identify their feelings and explain conflict and get a chance to see the other person's perspective. This is a tool that has provided an immediate solution to handling some of our high stress conflicts, but it also has had the added benefit of modeling empathy and conflict resolution for both of my girls to use when they grow up. Okay, you guys just heard from Liz in my mastermind parenting group and um and what she was referring to was the mediation tool which is the best sibling rivalry or sibling conflict tool um i've ever heard of i i i'm kind of tooting my own horn there because i made it up um but i combined some different things that i learned but the the big game changer in it is is that we start to see when our kids fight you know when we see our kids fight it's such a thorn in our side because deep down like all of this, like we want our kids to grow up and be best friends, like deep, deep underneath. And nobody really thinks about this consciously is like one day we're not going to be around and we want to know these people have each other to lean on. And we don't want to, we don't want to think that they're going to be enemies. And so, um, so when our kids fight, it is, you know, super triggering for us. And what we start to see with, with the media, the sibling mediation tool is that, the home is a perfect environment to teach our kids and to help them practice conflict resolution skills. Like they are going to need to resolve conflict for the rest of their lives. Everywhere they go, there's going to be somebody that they don't get along with. There's going to be a situation at school. We don't want them to be a doormat. We don't want them to be a bully. There's going to be a situation when they get older um, with a teacher that they need to advocate for themselves um, in a work environment where they need to advocate for themselves. And, the sibling relationship is a perfect place for them to start 
practicing conflict resolution tools. So when we start to kind of have that shift and we, um, and we understand this is where they're supposed to be practicing these tools, and then we actually learn how to help them manage and navigate it, uh, it's, it's huge. And so what I really teach is, I mean, the number one thing, which no one ever does is, is we go victim first. So whoever is the most hurt in the situation, you know, it takes two to tango. So usually everybody is, there's, there's some guilt in terms of the conflict on everyone's part. But when we go to the one who's hurting the most, uh, that is a bit of a game changer because usually what we do is we come hard, down hard on the aggressor. And when we do that, we actually value, um, we show that we value the hurting over the healing. And because little kids just want attention, they don't care if it's negative or positive, they, the aggressor gets a lot of attention from mom or dad in those moments. And so we actually reinforce that aggressive pattern. And so when we learn to go victim first and there's certain language um, that we use, it is huge. And then we teach the kids how to put words to their emotions. And we also practice as we sit there and mediate and we only have to do it a couple of times and then they do it on their own. And we don't do this over every little thing. There's lots of times we walk away. I'm just talking like when it gets like physical and crazy, right? Um, but when we teach them to put words to their emotion and their experience, and we're also there helping them to see the other one's perspective, it's like it doesn't come naturally for kids to see other people's perspective. So to be practicing this with their siblings, it is a hugely powerful tool. So I'm so glad that Liz spoke to that. Oh my goodness. I have to say the best skill that I have learned from Randy's mastermind class is definitely what she likes to call the Jedi mind trick. It has taken lots of patience and practice, but I am now able to change my thoughts when something is bothering me. It requires that I dig deep and figure out why the situation bothers me in the first place, and then I can coach myself to turn the negative thought into a positive one. This helps me not just in regards to my kids, but in all areas of my life. For instance, I have had a lingering childhood resentment built up for years, and by using this practice, I have not only been able to identify the root of that resentment, but also change my thoughts about them too. It's very freeing and powerful to have such control over my thoughts and mind. Without a doubt, joining Randy's group has been one of the best investments I have ever made for both myself and my family, and I am truly honored to be a part of it. Okay, now I'm going to talk about what Nikki said. She refers to my Jedi mind tricks, which is really, when I say mastermind parenting, it's like my whole point is, is we're trying to master our minds. Because when we're not in the right frame of mind, when we're in the parent gap, when we're in that triggered state, we cannot think clearly. And so all the old programs come online, and that's what runs the show. And Nikki, um, it's it was funny. She she did the basics course, which is my thirty day brain retraining course, and. Um, and she was, she was into it from the very start, um, loving the tools, but the mind mastery piece really came for her later. I would say about six months in all of a sudden she just was like, okay, I, I think I'm really getting this. And the thing with Nikki that was really ingrained 
was that she grew up in a household with, I think there was like five or six kids in her family and her dad was a cop and, um, and it was just a, a really, you know, kind of traditional, lots of love, but a very traditional authoritarian household. And, um, there was just a lot of punishment, a lot of blame. Um, and it was just that very traditional old style way of parenting. And so even though she and her husband were like, we're going to do things differently, every time her kids had big emotions and she has a strong-willed child, she she just was on autopilot to go back to that authoritarian way. And she was like, but how can they get away with this? Like, you know, that that those kind of things would come online. And so I really walked her through um, a lot of different exercises in terms of mastering her mind and doing the Jedi mind tricks and really learning it. And we, you know, Nikki's been awesome because in our private Facebook group, she posts a lot of times her situation and I'll, um, and, and we'll workshop it there in the Facebook group and everybody gets to see it. And so, um, I think everyone has learned right along with Nikki, but she really gets it. And what she's realizing is that, she has totally changed. I mean, in half a year, she's changed the way she thinks. She has literally really started to replace these programs that have been with her for, you know, decades and forever. And, um, and she's, she's really learning how to master her mind. So I feel so inspired, um, just by all of the shifts that she's having. And I'm so glad that she shared the Jedi mind trick piece with you guys. And I have to tell you, it's interesting. I was thinking about it and thinking about it. And what came to me um, was just being a soft place land. Uh, the reason it was so important and I evidence is in my son. So that highly sensitive nervous system boy, I, any scenario that would come my way, I would go into teaching mode. I would, you know, lecture, I would, uh, all sorts of things. And, and it was perceived that judgment and Jesus Christ, like, how is he supposed to get out of defense mode in that way? I didn't even know he was in defense mode. Once I really understood that soft place to land motion, uh, notion, and he started coming out of defense mode. And then he was fully out of defense mode with us. He was experiencing just love. And how he rose with that moment. I mean, no more uh, feeling judged at home. I didn't know he didn't trust me until he was coming out of defense mode. And it was very apparent. He didn't trust me at all. And I couldn't be part of that party at first, celebrating the fact that he was truly there in a way that he hadn't been in a little while. He gained a best friend. And I was left out of all of it. And I deserved to be. I, Jesus, I, I'm like experiencing shame and I have major truth bumps right now. I'm like, uh, it, it really was an amazing thing. It really curbed my appetite for the bullshit that I had been pushing. I was my son's greatest stumbling block and I needed to work on myself. It wasn't my child. It was me. And that's, um, that was like the greatest tool I ever got. Okay, next I want to speak about what Susie just talked about. And she said her favorite thing that she's learned is that it's her job to be the soft place to land for her son versus 
being the lecturer or what I like to call the fixer. And, and this is really a tool that's part of my productive conversation at step two, which is learning how to hold space for our kids and to be an active listener versus jumping in and trying to fix. And I tell everyone to remember this, um, listen and stop fixing. Listen and stop fixing. When we constantly try to jump in and fix our kids, especially our strong-willed ones who we worry about and we worry about how the world's going to perceive them and how they're coming across and we're constantly jumping in and telling them what to do or what to say and we're, we're going into fix-it mode, we send them accidentally the message that they need to be fixed. And this shapes their beliefs. It really like makes them think like there must be something wrong with me because obviously because mom's jumping in to fix me all the time. And, um, and when we learn to be the soft place to land and listen, actively listen versus jumping in to fix, we send them this amazing positive belief about themselves that they are a worthy human being for you know just the way they are and we're we care so much about them that we're willing to just sit and hold space for them and listen like why do you think so many people are so addicted to therapy especially women because I can't say men um but I'm so stereotypical but um so many women because it's like finally there's somebody who wants to listen and that's what therapists do a lot is they actively listen and it feels so validating it's basically somebody sending you the belief that 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 you're you're worthy of being listened to so when we do that for our kids and we show up as the soft place to land and we listen instead of constantly trying to tell them what they need to do and trying to fix them it's hugely powerful so I'm so glad she brought that up and as soon as I read the book, I realized I really liked her philosophy. Um, I also, at the time, had, I think my, my oldest was 11 at the time, so he was just starting middle school, and I really felt like a fish out of water. I felt intimidated by, um, I felt unprepared and intimidated for having a teenager, and I was deathly afraid that I would, that my husband and I would repeat a lot of the generational patterns that had occurred in our lives. And um, I, I just didn't want to risk that. So I signed up for this course. And um, I think what's really helped me is that there has been this awesome combination of both um, sort of philosophy and tools. You know, I've read a bunch of parenting books. And I don't know, a lot of the a lot of the the methods that they recommend, like let's just say like the one, two, three counting or whatever, I find them almost sort of artificial. Like I, I find they're, you almost feel stupid when you're doing them. I mean, they're, they're almost objectifying. I don't know how else to say that. They feel unnatural to me. And so I found that the tools that Randy would suggest, like the calm down spot, were tools that were really based on empathy. And I think empathy is really at the core of her teaching and coaching. Um, and so that's why I say that the tools and values really go hand in hand because I feel like the tools she gives us are based on um, values that are about creating a peaceful and loving family culture. And, you know, so for me, having sort of this high altitude view and then being able to 
um, keep that view and and implement it through the tools and the the tips and tricks that she recommends feels more natural to me because I feel like I am being coached on how to resolve um, parenting issues through values and through tools and and um, I've loved it. Um, she's also, I think her methods have really helped me understand how to think about my thoughts. You know, one of the tools that she uses is the thought turnaround. Um, and that is, that's been really important for me because it's, it's, it's easy to get overwhelmed with three kids and to go to sort of the pathologically worst assumption about their behavior. And the truth is, um, it's hard to be vulnerable and the thought turnaround method has taught me how to sit down and really think about my thoughts and think about why I frame things about my children the way I do. And at first that was, to be honest, really scary. Um, but it is, it is ultimately the tool that has led me to empathy towards my children. So we have, you know, we have a lot less shouting in my house I have a lot more understanding. I'm I'm really able to to walk in their shoes more easily, um, and I have found that it makes me happier because I'm not pissed off all the time and I'm not screaming at them and I'm less stressed, and and that's what I want ultimately. Um, so I think I think Randy brings a huge amount of life experience and sensitivity. Um, you know, I I think that you've got to be some kind of a guru to be able to live coach the way she does and really dig deep and get to the root of what um, the thinking or the emotion or the feeling is underneath that parenting. Um, And then I would say the other thing that that has helped me tremendously is finding in this in the mastermind parenting group finding um, a tribe of parents. You know, we we all need our tribes and sometimes tribes focus on different things. And in this particular case, I think we've built a group of, of parents who can be, you know, who have a safe space to be vulnerable with each other, um, and to have fellowship and to, to encourage each other when we're having really crappy days, when we feel like, you know, we tried something and we really screwed up. Or our kids have us in a puddle of tears and on our knees. And then days when we celebrate together that, you know, we implemented something or we we turned a situation around um, or we're seeing improvement in, 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 in the peace in our home. And so to kind of explain what a difference this has made, it's ongoing work. Um, it's not easy, but I feel like I've hit the jackpot. I feel like, um, you know, I've read a bunch of parenting books and this is the first uh, resource that that rings true to me and feels right to me. So thank you, Randy. Okay, I want to talk to you guys about Leah um, and her audio. And she has three kids that uh, vary in age just like mine do. And so three kids, three different stages. She's got five ki- five years in between each of her kids. And she said when her older son was going to middle school, like she just, you know, she was really worried, um, about the transition. And, um, and I think that that's so common. Like when our kids are going to a new stage, I think we worry so often about them, but we also have to realize like it brings up a lot for us. 
it's a big transition for us. It's a big transition as a mom to go from having preschool and elementary kids to all of a sudden having tweens and teens. And now you're all of a sudden a mom of a tween or a teen. And so all this stuff kind of comes, starts coming up for you um, from when you were a tween or a teen. And so I love that she brought that up. And I also love that she brought, you know, she's one of the people who was like me. Like she reads all the stuff. She takes classes. And so I... Um, I love that she, how she said that, you know, a lot of those tools she was trying because she was just kind of grasping and looking for something that works. She's like, they didn't feel natural to me. I mean, Leah's kind of a, uh, an intellectual and, um, and she's what I like to call fact finder. So she was reading the stuff, but she's like, but something didn't feel good to me. Didn't feel intuitively good. And it felt, um, objectifying you know like one two three like talk like counting at your kids like they're a freaking dog like how on earth could we think that that's respectful and so then when all of a sudden our kids are showing up and they're not being respectful towards us and we're then lecturing them on how much they should be respectful and we're forgetting the fact that kids learn by what we model not by what we say and so we're modeling disrespectful behavior by using these different methods and monkey tricks like counting at them and um and and not treating them like a real full-fledged person um I love that she brought that up because I was like yeah that is a very good that's a very good point and and like several of the other people you know she's she where everybody kind of gets to is everything I teach why it's so logical is because it is all about empathy, but the thing is, is I think we don't know how to communicate with empathy a lot of the time, like in real life, in our real everyday life. Like we know what it is, but but how do you do it again? And so these tools that, you know, the mastermind parenting tools, they really are these practical ways of infusing empathy into this parenting paradigm and doing it in a very assertive, direct, and loving way. And so our kids receive this message like, we're the adults. You don't need to act like a little dictator. Like a little dictator. I'm going to let you know that I'm, I'm the adult here. I got it. I'm the pack leader. But I'm going to do it in a way that treats you like a valuable human being. And at the end of the day, I am the team leader. Like you, you get to be the kid and I'll be the one who kind of directs here. But you're a very valuable team player here and you're a very valuable human and I'm going to treat you with kindness and respect and empathy and I'm also going to involve some structure and boundaries here. And when things, you know, when there's consequences, when there's natural consequences, I am going to bring down the hammer and I'm going to say things at the end like, we'll try again tomorrow, right? So everything um, revolving around empathy I think is so big. And the other thing that Leah touched upon that I was so grateful about was um, just talking about the beauty of our tribe and our community. Um, I think we all feel extremely blessed. I've never been in a, a, a you know, for the most part, a female-only community because after the first month of doing one of my programs, when you go on into the mastermind, you 
go into it's it's female only so the first month it's couples and then it's female only and I've never been a part of the community that is really truly such a safe container and judgment free and I love that she touched upon that because I think we all kind of feel like there's you know we feel protective over it we feel like there's it's just this magical place and um and there's a certain person that is right for this community you know this is not easy this work we're not putting band-aids on we're retraining our brains and um and changing our family legacies we're replacing old programs so it's a big thing that we're doing but we're having a lot of fun. We laugh at ourselves and, um, and it's just a beautiful community. So, um, I hope that you guys liked learning from me and from all my mastermind mamas today. And, um, I am, I wanted y'all to know that if you're listening to this in early August, um, uh, if you're listening to this at some point later in time, sorry, you missed it. But if you're listening to this in early August, I want you to go into the show notes because I am offering a masterclass that's coming up. It's going to be a 90-minute free masterclass where I'm going to teach real tools. I'm going to do a live q and I'm going to answer your questions on the spot. We're going to problem solve. And I'm going to let everybody have a little sample of what we do in our Mastermind Parenting Tribe. And um, and as my podcast listeners, I really want you guys, you guys are here, you're listening week after week, and I would love to get to to answer your questions live and, and hear from you and interact with you. It'd be a lot of fun for me uh, to be able to do that. So I hope that you will show up and come to the masterclass and sign up for it. And all you, when you sign up, we'll just we'll send you some reminder emails and we'll send you this really cool ebook, this interactive workbook that goes with it. But it's going to be a big value. It's all for free, and um, super excited about it. Okay, you guys have a great week, and hope this episode was helpful. Hey, you guys, thanks so much for listening. Mastermind Parenting Podcast is supported by my best-selling book, The Parent Gap. Usually getting a copy of the book and the audio version for you to listen to on the go would set you back around 20 bucks, but you can get both a digital copy and the audio book for just $5.60. It's my gift to you for being one of my podcast listeners. So head over to mastermindparenting.com forward slash book to grab your copy now.